Yeah, let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter number 27. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. It came to pass, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son, said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here I am. He said, Behold now, I am old, I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, the weapon of thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. Make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, Esau went to the field to hunt for venison to bring it. Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison. Make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before I, my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. Thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. Verse 19. Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, and sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is the Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Thou art my very son Esau. And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. He brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. His father Isaac said unto him, Come near, and, he, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and of the plenty of corn and wine. Drop down in verse number uh, 36, and this is Esau's response after he finds out that Jacob has tricked Isaac. He said, Is not he rightly named Jacob, for he has supplanted me these two times? He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. I want to preach for a few moments this morning on Jacob's search, or what we might say his pursuit, the longing and the greatest desire of his heart. I think it's more than just Jacob that uh, has this great search going on in his heart. I think that every one of us, if we were open and honest this morning, would say that we all want 
the blessing, don't we? As a matter of fact, all of our prayers are, are to that end, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Jacob was intoxicated with this desire of being blessed. It was his great aspiration and desire. And so it is with you and I. We all want to prosper, don't we? We all want happiness in our lives and in our families. And we all desire to be successful to some extent or another. That's, that's the human nature. We all want that. Don't we all want to be blessed? How many of you, by the raising of your hand, would like a blessing today? You want to be blessed. See, that's, that's total. Every one of us. And haven't you already prayed this morning, Lord, would you bless my family while I'm away? Lord, would you give us safekeeping while we are on the highway? Lord, would you uh, take care of our church and our people? Lord, would you provide for this need that we have? God, would you bless us as we go to the doctor and let us have a good report? Lord, would you move in these areas and, and uh, provide in all of these ways? Jacob is only doing the same thing that you and I do. He is in pursuit of a total blessing upon his life. And uh, Jacob, we can't condemn him, but he's, he's, in a, he's, in, he's on a search. He's on a search. Uh, much like looking for the fountain of youth. Uh, he's in pursuit for a blessing in his life. And we all are. Every day we want God to bless us. But three things I want to mention concerning his pursuit of this blessing. The first thing that I want to mention to you, and I think you'll agree that this is so in all of our lives also. In Jacob's pursuit, in his human pursuit uh, for a blessing, I think that there was a lot of confusion. A lot of confusion. Let me put it this way. We could ask Jacob this question as we would ask ourselves also. What is a blessing? Jacob, you're wanting a blessing. You're, you're stealing it. You're trying to steal it off of your own brother. And throughout your own life, whole life, you're trying to be blessed in every circumstance and situation above anybody else. But Jacob, could, could we stop for just a moment and ask the question, what is the blessing? Is the blessing of God a new car? It could be, couldn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, would you? Is the blessing of God having your house paid off? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Is the blessing of God having the doctor say to you, is this the blessing? And don't we feel like it is a great blessing if, if you go to the doctor and he says, listen, there's no problem there, just don't worry about it. And we come back to the church and we say, boy, the Lord took care of that. I mean, it was a blessing. What do we account as real blessings? This is the confusion that is in Jacob's search. You see, if, if you are really blessed here today because your house is paid off, 
What about the guy whose house is not paid off? Is he blessed? If you are really blessed here today because the doctor has just told you you've got a clean bill of health and there's nothing wrong with you, what about the fellow that's got cancer? Is he blessed? If you are blessed here today because all of your children are, are serving the Lord and are doing good, and I hope they are, what about the family where the child is run wild? Is, are they blessed? Jacob, what is the blessing? What is it that we categorize as really being a blessing of God? There's confusion in that. If you were to say this morning what the blessing of God is is on your life, what would you say that it is? The second thing I thought about in this confusion, not only should we ask ourselves what is the blessing, but we ought to ask ourselves how can we get the blessing? Now you know Jacob's confused about that by what he's doing here in the text that I've read to you. If there is a blessing, whatever that blessing is, how do you get the blessing? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> we all raised our hand, didn't we all say we wanted a blessing? Would you tell me how to get the blessing? How can we get it? I want it, don't you? <laughs> I say there's some confusion in it. Boy, if we could stand tonight across this congregation, or this morning, and go across this congregation and ask each one of you, what would you say you would have to do to get the blessing? What would you have to do to get the blessing? We would be confused by the time the day's over with, wouldn't it? I've heard enough preaching to know that there's a lot of preachers confused on what to do to get the blessing. For many years, I tried to do what all of them said to get the blessing. How do you get it? That's something to think about, isn't it? If you want it, how do you get it? And thirdly, when I think about this area of the confusion of Jacob's search... Questions that we need to ask ourselves. How do you know if you've got the blessing? Is it because that you went to church Sunday morning and lo and behold, your attendance was up 30? You must have the blessing. <laughs> Pastor down the road, he went and his is down 30. They come up to your place. He doesn't have the blessing. Now, you know as well as I do, these, these are our feelings about the blessing. If the devil ever wants to work on us, all he has to do is work on that attendance or that offering. He's got most of us. Have you ever looked at the face of the average preacher on Monday mornings? You passed him on the highway? You know whether he had the blessing Sunday or not. <laughs> huh? attendance is up, the offer's up, and somebody got saved, honey. Move out of the way. More blessing you can stand. But if the attendance is down, the offering is down, and one of the deacons is talking about you, and two or three families walked out, boy, don't even talk to me. It's been a long time since I've been blessed. Huh? <laughs> How do you 
know if you've got the blessing. Is it a bigger church? Is it a, is it, is it a new house? Is it a new car? Is it, what is it? What is it? How do you know if you've got it? See, you've you got to know that thing. You'd be confused. Because if you don't know if you've got it or not, how do you know if you have it? Huh? You may have it and not know it. <laughs> he's searching, he's searching, he's searching, but he doesn't know if he's got it or not. <laughs> Where does the search end if you don't know whether you have it or not? <laughs> it's an unending search. You keep looking for it. Our hearts and our churches are filled with that. We come to church every service looking for it. Looking and hurt, hunting and searching. And we leave. We don't even know if we had got it or not. We'll come back next Sunday and see if we get it. Maybe we will. I'm talking about some questions and confusion of, of the search of the blessing. Can I say to you another question? The last of the questions to ask yourself. If you have, let's say you have got the blessing. You just have to be one of those chosen, you have got the blessing. What do you do with it? If you've got the blessing, what do you do with the blessing? <laughs> what do you do with it? You see, Jacob has a consuming search for the blessing, but he is so confused about it. And I'm going to tell you the thing that I notice in preaching revivals is we usually start off, we're just so confused about it. We don't even really know what we're hunting for. We don't know if we've got it or ain't got it. And wouldn't know what to do with it if we did get it. You ever felt that confused? Are you on a search this morning? Now, the second thing that I want to point out to you, not only do I see the confusion of his search as he's hunting desperately for the gold mine, the fountain of youth. <laughs> it's almost like he's in a jungle somewhere looking for it. I notice his, his confusion. But the second thing I want to notice is, is in his pursuit, in his his charge for the blessing, there, there are also conflicts. It, it, it arouses certain battles in his life, certain uh, struggles that he goes through. You know, man, Jacob is a man of struggles. Uh, I noticed some things about the battles that he goes through, and I hope you know a little bit about the life of Jacob to appreciate this, but let me just mention these things to you about the struggles that come into his life as he, as he runs into these people that he thinks are in the way of his blessing. Get out of the way. Move. I'm trying to find the blessing. Get off of that. And it brings conflicts in his life. <laughs> you see, all of our conflicts are about that blessing. Every one of our conflicts are conflicts over somebody's getting in the way of my blessing. You don't get mad at folks that are bringing you a blessing. 
You get mad at folks that are in the way of your blessing. Hmm? I'm in utmost pursuit of a blessing. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that raise. I'm going to get that new position. If that other guy doesn't get there before I do, and he's not qualified anyhow, you don't want him. And then the conflict starts. Hmm? I love every one of you this morning, as long as you don't get in the way of my blessing. I'm trying to get a blessing. Just don't don't mess with my blessing. <laughs> Say anything you want to, do anything you want to, but don't get my blessing. If you do, we're going to fight. <laughs> a deacon goes to mess with my blessing, the war's on. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're in pursuit of something. We're in hot pursuit. It's almost within hand's reach. We think we've got a deal signed for it. If that guy don't beat me to it, it's mine. <laughs> but I'm going to do everything I can do to make sure he don't beat me to it. And that's where all the conflict comes in our lives. The battles of our lives are battles with people that we think are in the way of our blessing. His struggles. Notice these things about his struggles. Can I say something about Jacob's struggles are relentless. It's just one big struggle after another. And listen, I'm just, I, you know, I didn't even want to preach this, this, this week because I'm going to tell you, it deals so much with the honest aspects of our lives. But is, uh, listen, is your life one struggle after another with somebody, somewhere, somehow? An inward struggle, an outward struggle? But aren't our struggles just relentless? I mean by that, it just never ends. He struggles when he's born. That's the holy heel of his brother. He struggles over the birthright as he's trying to beat him with a bowl of soup. He struggles over the blessing when he has to uh, camouflage himself and as he has to disguise himself to try to get the blessing and he does a good job. He gets his daddy to bless him instead of, of Esau. And he's looking over his shoulder the whole time. Hurry up, daddy, hurry up. He struggles over his very being when he wrestles with God over who he really is. If Jacob showed up, you knew one thing, there was going to be a fight. And he would leave a mess behind. And everybody else is going to be drugged into the fight. Because his struggles are relentless. But you know, his struggles are also reflective. Joe Parsons said one time that if you've pastored a church at least five years, you ought never criticize the church members because they're just like you. But really, your struggles are a mirror. You're looking at yourself. And the people really that you, that you are struggling with, they are, they are fighting with you over the same thing because it's the same thing that they're dealing with. Whether it's Laban and his cattle or Esau and his blessing or whatever it is, there are, these struggles are, are reflective. They, just, they, they show you who you are. Spurgeon said, your continual circumstances are a reflection of that which is within you. 
need to take account of the battles that we're going through because they might tell us something about ourselves. And boy, we don't like that. Our battles are repetitious. The thing that bothers me most about the Christian life is the fact that here I am, I've been saved 32 years, and I have struggled, I still struggle over things that I struggled over many, many years ago. It makes me sick. I really do. I'm embarrassed in my prayer life. I'm telling you, I'm embarrassed. I have to go back to the Lord and say, Oh, God, here I remember praying about this right after I got saved. Jacob starts out, he's born with his hand on his brother's heel. And 93 years later, when he's praying to the Lord there, coming back from Mesopotamia, what's he having to pray about? The same issue. 93 years fighting the same thing. It's terrible, isn't it? They're just repetitious. You know, I think also our battles are, what I might say, redundant. I mean by that, they just don't really accomplish anything. He's been through all of these big fights. And if he's like most of us, that's the thing we like to talk about. Bless God, you ought to have been there. That day I'd run them off, or that day... They run me off of that day. We, you know, we cleared the field. You ought to have been there. But really, when you think about it, what did all of those battles accomplish in his life? It's like one fellow said, it's like fighting with a skunk. Even if you win, you go away stinking. They don't really accomplish anything. And you look back and, and you see all the dead horses you've been beating on all those years. All those dead horses. And we still think that we're accomplishing something. Jacob is always in competition. He's always got struggles in his life. And I say to you, this again is as a result of his search. It's involved, it's intertwined. I don't know how you can take all this out. We're just going to have to go through them, is all I know. That in our pursuit of God and our pursuit of blessing, there's going to be a lot of confusion along the way. And listen to the, not as we've heard here, but a lot of the preaching that's going on, and I'm glad that I'm not in a lot of these areas, to listen to a lot of that junk that is so confusing. Trying to get people closer to God through all of these different methods and means. Confusing them. And then all of the struggles that are going on. The conflicts that come out of our pursuit of a blessing. Because somehow we want to get to God before anybody else does. Are we being truthful? Who do you want to have revival first? You or the church down the road? Now, don't tell me the church down the road because you're lying. I do want the Lord to bless the people down the road, but I don't want Him to bless them more than He blesses me. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't want to be too honest. I'm going to get in trouble here in a minute. <laughs> I'm in evangelism. I pray for all these evangelists, not as much as I pray for myself. I want you to have every one of them, but I want you to have me first. You say, preacher, you're joking. No, I ain't. I've got a lot of Jacob in me. I'm just being honest with you. New person moves in town, great potential, good church member, and you hear they tithe, make a couple hundred thousand dollars a week, and you say, why don't you go down to Brother Sam's church and join down there? 
You know better than that. The struggles are over the blessing. But, oh, Lord, listen, if we could somehow start, break loose all that, how we could enjoy the freedom of the blessing without all of these attachments. Jacob's pursuit of the blessing, the last thing is it brought a crisis in his life. A great crisis. You see, he wants this blessing. He, man, I mean... He's laid it on the line to get the blessing. He's put every ounce of energy, every bit of strength. I mean, he's put his whole life, his whole life, his morning, days, and nights for 90-some years is for one cause. Oh, man, if I could get that blessing. Oh, I, I, time or two, I, I just about had it. I, I, oh, man. It, was, it brought a crisis in Jacob's life for all of those years. You know why? Because the thing that he wanted the most, he could not have. I mean, the one thing that he wanted, nothing else in life mattered. Everything else was secondary. He wanted one thing. But Jacob, I'm sorry, you can't have it. Oh, man. You say, well, why can't you have it? Now, there's a few reasons. One, Jacob can't have it because he has no character with which to earn it. He's a low-down scoundrel. How about you? He's selfish. Comes down to it, he'll beat you if he can. He don't have no character to earn this blessing. And I think he knows it in the end, as we'll notice tomorrow. What about you? You've been living up to the task. I mean, have you earned it? You, you, uh, you worthy of a blessing this morning? level you living on? I spoke to a Jehovah's Witness. I was in a pastor's house in his living uh, kitchen and had studying there and one of them fellas knocked on the door. It's the last person I wanted to see. He certainly was getting away my blessing. But the pastor invited him in. He come in and sat down. And so I thought, well, I'll just talk to him while he's here and began to talk to him about salvation. I said, well, you're going to heaven? He said, no, I, I no, no. He said, I won't go to heaven. I said, why? He said, well, see, there's three levels. And he said, you have to earn your way up to the third level. And once you get to that third level, you get adopted. And then you get become a son of God. And you get to go to the third heaven. I... Shouldn't have, but I reached out my hand and I, I said, well, let's shake hands because I'm going to tell you something. I'm on the third level. I've been adopted and I'm going. He didn't understand that because his whole religion was marriage. He said, if, you, if we can, if we, you know, we get, if we do good, I mean, we really get in there. Uh, he said, some of us will make it to that third level. Well, let's not laugh at them Jehovah's Witness. I'm going to tell you something. Our churches are filled with that type theology. Somehow, if you can get to that third level in the sight of your pastor, you're going to get wings. You're going to heaven. And most, uh, not most, but a lot of preachers like that. They like to hold these levels over the heads of their people and, and, and try to get them to get into these slots so they can work them up to the top. But the truth of the matter is, there's never been a day in my life that I thought I'd earned it and I was worth it. Jacob had no character. 
Another crisis he had was Jacob had no cost with which to buy it. It really wasn't for sale. Oh, you said, well, uh, yeah, but he bought, he bought, he didn't really think he bought it because if he did, he wouldn't have been praying uh, in chapter 32 to get it. He thought his deal fell through. Because what kind of tithe, what, what kind of price is he going to put on the blessing? I'm sure if there was a price tag that had been put on it, Jacob would have been glad to have paid the price for the blessing. The thing he wanted most, but there's no price tag on it. He can't earn it and he can't buy it. It's not for sale. The blessing's not for sale. Not for sale. The third crisis he had was that Jacob had no claim by which he was born into it. The blessing of the birthright went always to the firstborn. His great problem with Esau is, is that Esau's the firstborn. And the firstborn gets the birthright and the blessing every time. Jacob, I'm sorry. You want it, you can't have it. That's his struggle his whole life. He's scared to death he's going to end up without it. And every time he tries something, he realizes he's not getting it. I can't earn it. I can't buy it. And I wasn't born into it. Is that not what we're at this morning? Can you earn a blessing? Can you buy the blessing? Are you born into the right physically of that blessing? Looks like it's getting desperate. I don't think we'll ever have revival. I don't think God even... I don't even think He's interested in revival until the dry bones. But nobody wants the dry bones. You're going to do everything in your church to keep that thing alive if you've got to pump it artificially. Nobody wants the dry bones rattling in their congregation. But you can't have revival without the dry bones. The problem with us is there's too much life. But it's not the life of God. It's religious life. It's flowing in the veins of our congregation. And we're satisfied with it as long as it looks good. The truth of the matter is, and I said this little time just last, not, not with Brother Kurt, but the church before, that when I got up the night, I shocked them because I said, well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. First time they ever heard me preach, I said, I'm, gonna, I'm pretty well sure, almost 100%, that we're not going to have revival this week. Well, somebody said, well, you know what? Well, I just asked them the truth. I said, did you really have revival the last meeting you had? And the one before that? And the one before that? Have y'all? Has anybody here really had revival in the last meetings you've had? Well, am I off base by saying I'm pretty well sure we're not going to have meetings? And we're not going to have revival. Pretty well sure, ain't it? Especially with what God's got to work with. See, you can't earn it. You can't buy it. And you sure ain't born into it. So it looks to me like it's just pretty not, well nigh impossible to have any kind of blessing or revival. Now, I'm going to leave it there for right now. Because you're thinking you're hopeless, right? Well, you are. You're hopeless. If I'm the only thing that God's got left to send revival through, according to those three standards, forget it! Sure, you didn't think when I got up here there was going to be revival? I'd have told you that before I left the motel. i send you a certified document before I ever get there. Let your people read it to them and say we're having an evangelist that has promised no revival. 
Boy, that cut down on the meeting, wasn't it? <laughs> you know why? Because you don't want to hear the truth. What we want is these politicians to stand up and say, put me in there and I'll tell you, bless God, if I get in that office, this thing, we'll take care of Social Security and we'll take care of income tax. We'll take care of the office. Shut up. I want to vote for one man and will stand up there and say, I'm going to tell you, I've got no hope of getting anything accomplished with the outfit I've got to work with. Vote for me and we'll just have to go take it a day at a time. But most of them churches, when they bring a pastor in there, they think they've got a magician. He's going to wave a wand. Everything's going to be all right, honey. But you need to tell them before they ever get you. They ain't hope, no hope of anything happening if you get me. Am I telling the truth? If the hope of our churches is in this congregation this morning, we're in bad shape. We're, we're in a crisis. We're living in the year 2000. We want God to do something, and it's impossible. Because nobody's got the character to get it. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. There's no claim with which you're born into it. And Jacob found no conditions by which God would bestow it upon him. If there was just something, Jacob, if you'll read your Bible through uh, every three months, you can have the blessing. Of course, I know he didn't have one, but I'm talking about it now. Time. Or, or if you'll give a little more on your tithe, or, or if, you, if you'll just, you, if, if they're just, and, and, and isn't that what we're doing to our people, putting all the stipulations out there that somehow if they'll do just one more thing, they'll run into that blessing. Well, I've tried 32 years of doing that one more thing. And I never did even stumble across it. At least not what most folks are trying to call the blessing. What I'm simply saying is, and the truth of the matter is, is with all the energy and all the input that Jacob put into it, there was not a thing on top side of God's earth he could do to merit the blessing. And I come back to this thought, honey. Every sinner, every sinner will die and go to hell. It is hopeless. Every congregation will freeze over with ice. It is hopeless. If it is on the level of merit, it's hopeless. But the hope is in grace, thank God. God gives the blessing. It's not earned. It's not bought. It's not purchased. It's given. And hallelujah, I'm here to tell you, I've got the blessing, but it was given by grace. And yes, your church can have revival. And yes, you can be breathed on. And yes, God can pour out His Spirit, but it'll be by His grace. And it wasn't until Jacob came to the place that he said, God, I've tried. I've done all I could do to get the blessing. I thought I was getting it from Esau. I tried to get it from Daddy. I even tried to get it from Laban. And he said, Lord, would you just give it to me? God said, yes, son. I've been waiting on you to ask all this time. It's not hard to get my blessing. I usually just give it. See, my hope 
this morning. You don't know me, but I'm so imperfect, so full of self and so much like Jacob. But every now and then I'm, I somehow come across it and forget about all my efforts and say, Lord, I'm so tired. I've tried so hard. Would you just, in spite of me, give me a blessing? And in those times, I have felt him breathe on my soul in my unworthiness. Searching all those years. And found out it was a gift. God wants to give you a church a blessing if you'll quit trying. He wants to give your heart a blessing. He wants to give it. <laughs> and Jacob, he's in hard pursuit. But this thing is called a blessing. God gave it. Abraham received it. Isaac inherited it. Jacob pursued it. Esau despised it. But you know what you know what the blessing really is? If you have Christ, you have the blessing. Because he is the blessing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. <laughs> in Christ's kingdom. How many did he say he blessed us with? Well, what are you looking for? What's out there to get? If Jacob's only known him, he had it all given to him. I couldn't help but think as I was meditating over this sermon of a man back there in the mountains, North Carolina, that I met several years ago painting his house on the outside. Eighty years old. By far, he, I tell you, had one of the greatest impacts on my life. James had the congestive heart failure, sat in the recliner all day long. Jane had had cancer for 17 years. He, he went to the doctor. They opened him up and found it and just showed him back up and sent him back home. He had cancer. He patted his side right there and he said, Preacher, for as I know, it's still in there. In that 17 years. James was blind. Lost his sight. James was confined to a chair. That was his life. But if you think blessing is in health and strength and in provision, you should have visited James. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there was more spirit of blessing that come out of that one man than a thousand people you could meet in a day on that one, in that one little recliner. But he talked about the Lord and how God had blessed his life. God had touched him. The Lord had been with him. And he just bubbled over. You know why? He wasn't confused about the blessing. He knew who the blessing was. 
And he enjoyed the blessing 24 hours a 